Welcome to Oh Malort, Chicago history you never learned in school. I am joined by John Zinn for the conclusion of the Ed Burke series. But first, how was your Christmas? It happened and presents were opened, food was consumed, and it it, it went as well as it could. <laughs> well, how about you? My sister got COVID. Oh, that's a minus. And it didn't make any sense for me to go up and just spend it with my oh, parents. So I'm going up on, I want to say the fifth of the sixth, because starting January, I'm only working one day a week until March. So I can have longer time. I can see my sister. Maddie also was just getting over COVID. Yeah. But you know what? I deep cleaned my apartment. I went for a walk. I worked on this episode. So it's all good. Yeah, I ordered some food, had it shipped, a, a, a lovely brunch menu from a purveyor out here. And I can't tell you how tiny everything was. I know it said many quiches, but they were tiny. And the asparagus was tiny. And the cheesecakes were tiny. <laughs> you could have so, just probably gone to Costco and gotten those things. Exactly. <laughs> So, whipped up some scrambled eggs to go alongside of it, and we were fine. Good. <laughs> All right. I assume that you've heard about the verdict in the Ed Burke trial. I have, in fact. It, it's hard to miss, especially if you have people sending you messages about it. Yes. For those who don't know, he was found guilty of 13 of the 14 charges. No yep. notes. Yep. December, not a good month for former Trump lawyers. Mm. But unlike the Alex Jones or Alec Murdoch trials, the content here was pretty tedious testimony about zoning laws and tax incremental financing dotted with the Godfather-esque audio we have known about for years. I have ordered my Did We Land the Tuna t-shirt, though. Because <laughs> there's merch for this event. There is merch. I hope and, it's going to charity. Please, it's going to some kind of charity. I don't know, but one had a picture of the Monopoly guy. Oh, yeah. With Ed Burke as the going to jail guy. Mm -hmm. It was great. Over the course of 13 days, the jurors heard from 38 witnesses, including those who claimed that Burke threatened them. The genuinely dramatic scene materialized when Burke's defense called former alder Danny, I take bribes of Viagra, Solis as a hostile witness. Yep. <laughs> yes. And the courtroom was packed. In fact, one of the tweets is like the jurors came in and they're like, notice the courtroom was packed. And it was mostly lawyers who were already in the courthouse and former alderman. Proco, Joe Moreno, and Tom Tunney. Yes. It was and, so surprising that to me that he was in there, but you'll go on. Yeah. It, it makes sense later in the in the, the story. I, I, it didn't make sense to me either, but then there was a light bulb moment. And Burke and Solis hadn't seen each other in years. And in fact, the last time that they saw each other was on a recording when Solis suggested that Burke should retire. Oh, okay. So I'm going to just read from the Sun-Times because sometimes things are just 
better written why reinvent the wheel better than yeah. I could do. My full name is Daniel Solis, he said as his testimony began. For the next three hours, Solis answered questions from Burke attorney Chris Gare about the recordings that Solis made of Burke and the deal Solis struck with prosecutors. The defense attorney sparred with the witness. He insisted that Solis answer his specific questions. He even drew a successful objection from the prosecutor who complained of Gare's mocking tone of voice. Mm -hmm. But Solis did not grow flustered at Gare's questions. He answered them in the same manner jurors are likely accustomed to through his recordings. Okay. He did admit I was trying to help myself by recording Ed Burke from the sometimes part of Burke's defense has revolved around the extent of his power at City Hall. So early in his questioning of Solis, Gare posed questions about former mayors Richard M. Daly and Rahm Emanuel. Asked about Daly's power well in office, Solis initially said, quote, I thought he was a very powerful man, end quote. But eventually he conceded that Daly was the most powerful politician in Chicago at the time. Mm -hmm. When you had discussions with Mayor Daly about something Ed Burke was for, Mayor Daly did the exact opposite, Gare asked. I would say sometimes, Solis said. On deep background, I have it that the Burke and Daily issues go back like is long. That, what is that purely? Is Daily versus Burke purely political, or did there was there something else that happened? They grew up together. Okay, and they mm -hmm. went to DePaul together. Okay, so yeah. And I think this is a guess here is Burke was going to be the one that was going to be the rising star. And then council wars happened. The article was goes, he, what was he in the channel for mayor ever? Or do we know this? We he, don't know. He, after council wars, he could never win it an election happen. outside of the 14th ward. Noted. Got it. Got it. Remember, he started to get death threats and had bodyguards. Yes, got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The article goes on to say, later, when asked whether Emanuel got his way with the city council, quote, 90% of the time, Solis said, let's go 90%. Burke smirked again. Now, this inspired a tweet from at Chicago Bars. Here's the tweet. I laughed out loud. Somewhere in Japan, a nine and a half fingered new Trier grad yells, quote, only motherfucking 90%. Are you fucking kidding me, Danny boy? <laughs> okay. Hashtag Chicago joke. Oh my God. That's was, fucking funny. I was following the live tweets for this. And one of the, the Chicago Tribune reporter was like, Reader note, because there was also a question like where Danny Solis had to say Rom wasn't God. And the tweet was just reader note. Rom thinks he's God. <laughs> also, I found this interesting. He admitted to recording his sister, Patty Solis Doyle, which I was like, yeah, he recorded his sister. That's questionable. But 
she was an advisor to both the Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton campaigns. And if you'll remember, he was wearing a wire at the 2016 DNC. Oh, he was the one who had the wire. Yes. Get out smells. Oh, my God. <laughs> After his questioning, the Burke defense rested. So that was the one witness they called. Okay. And the lawyers of co-defendants also rested without calling anybody. That was a, on a Wednesday. Closing arguments lasted for hours, taking up Thursday and Friday. Current Alderman Jim Garnier attended the closing arguments. He is currently in trouble with the feds and the first ever alder to be found guilty on an ethics violation. He dipped out of a city council session voting on checks notes, the police union contract, and then lied about it so he'd go to the trial. That's totes normal. Has Ann Burke been at the trial? Oh, Ann Burke has been every day. Okay. In closing, Burke's lawyer Duffy claimed, quote, self-promotion is not a crime. It's not a felony. The government followed him, surveilled him for 30 months. After that, what do you have? Noise. <laughs> he wasn't bribing people. He was just promoting his business, dude. Noise. <laughs> you definitely had noise and also hashtag corruption. Yes. Now, the jury directions were over for over 300 pages. It took the like they were still getting instructions after lunch. They deliberated for a combined 23 hours. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Which, given how many charges there were. It, yeah, it seems, yeah, it seems necessary. Yeah, but still pretty quick. Yeah. And then we got breaking news that the jury was coming. The journalists were nice enough to tweet out some fashion commentary. <laughs> noting <laughs> that in <laughs> of his signature pinstripe suit with a, with a green tie, he went the chauffeur route and wore a solid black suit with a black tie. <laughs> now, part-time Pete was found and not guilty. Okay. Yeah. And that, that yeah. was the first thing that they read. And you're like, Oh, cause I had, I had breakfast with a former professor of ours. And we were concerned actually that Burke would skate and the lower level people would pay for it. Mm-hmm. But when part-time Pete was found not guilty, you're like, his other co-defendant, it's C-U-I-Q, white? I don't, okay. From the Binnie's bribery. Oh, Binnie's thing, okay. He was found guilty. Oh, okay. And the one crime Burke was not found guilty on was the first crime in association with the Burger King. But he was found guilty on the other three crimes. Okay. The next day, the Chicago Sun-Times headline read, quote, feds land a whopper, end quote. <laughs> Again, no notes. Now, the responses to the verdict are madder than, by madder, crazier 
than <laughs> actor Jim Caviezel saying he'll never work with Robert De Niro. Did you hear about that one? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, okay. The Chicago Sun-Times rounded up responses from people who were in the room where it happens with Ed Burke by that in the Chamber of City Hall. Yes. Tom Tunney claimed this. It's sad. The whole thing is sad. He's given his life to public service. Ed has always felt he's done the right things for the right reasons. The tapes presented a different light. Fascinating. I oh, did not read that part. Oh, my God. He goes on to add. A lot of this is that the times change and a lot of these older politicians don't change with the times. I'm not saying that kind of language and that kind of thing would ever be appropriate, but the idea of a committee man getting jobs for people. Now, how old is that? That's the problem. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, it gets worse. We've got paragraphs of Tony. You got to keep abreast with staying on the right side of the law and the rules change. You know what you could do in the 80s and the 90s? You can't do that stuff. One bad move could be lethal to your career. What was it? 20,000 phone calls taped in five years of wearing a wire? We've all had conversations on the phone that we probably would regret. Or maybe just don't be racist and sexist and homophobic and corrupt. Yeah. The other option. I would, it, listen, which, who has, this isn't. It's not the 80s, my friend. It's not, that's not a problem. Oh, God. Yeah, well, okay. it also, I'm pretty sure. fascinating. I'm pretty sure that was shit was also illegal. Bribery and racketeering. Mm-hmm. Not legal in the 80s or the 90s. Yeah. N- now, the racism and misogyny Mm -hmm. i can see you got to keep up with that but a microaggression i mean it's not the same as criming criming yeah (laughs) this tells me the water they swim in at city hall because there's a difference between doing a microaggression on the phone and racketeering Yes, but I think what you were getting about swimming in the water of City Hall is just that's where they were. So mm-hmm. none of it's good. And no. yeah, that's just where they were, which does not excuse it. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. Oh, we're not even to the worst of them. Of the now we're done with Tony's bad takes, but we're not to the worst of the bad takes. Okay. But I forgot that Tony. Though he was the first openly gay alder, he was appointed by Daly. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And guess who we had a relationship with 20 years prior to that? Who? Guess. Oh God, who? At Burke. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he makes a great cinnamon roll. Yeah, I'll hold my tongue, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. We're- we're we're building to something. Yeah. What do you want to say, or do you not feel comfortable saying it? I won't say it, but yes, I get it because, yeah, the demo. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Okay. 
Now I'm to, and I'm just going to quote from the Sun-Times here. This is former Ald Roderick Sawyer Six. He said he's seen and heard Burke, quote, blow up against colleagues, end quote, and reduce a city department head to tears. But Sawyer considered Burke a longtime family friend who, quote, looked out for me, end quote, and, quote, helped a thousand times more people than he may have intimidated, end quote. He goes on to say, he and my dad were good friends. They were buddies. They talked all the time, said Sawyer, son of former older person turned acting mayor Eugene Sawyer. Quote, at the end of my dad's life, he came to see my dad almost every day. He was at the hospital as much as we were. Shit drives me nuts. He was good to me, so I'm going to overlook how he was a criminal. More on that later, by the way. Mm -hmm. I just had it. I was just reading through this and was like, I, I, I have to editorialize a little here. Yep. Now on to legislate free libraries, Ray Lopez. Again, from the Sun-Times. He said Burke's, quote, fingerprints are on much of what is Chicago. To have this as the final act of a remarkable career is a tragedy, end quote, that Burke could have avoided this if he had only known when to leave. This is a very addictive business. It's hard to walk away, especially when you're on top. That's true of any profession, but doubly so in politics. That's insightful. Is he saying, first of all, the gambler keeps going through my head every time I read that quote. Yeah. But is he saying he should have retired before he got caught? I think he's saying he should have retired before the temptation became too much for him, right? Or sometime he should have noticed that the temptation became too much. I but I think he's been doing this for decades. So Well, yes. And yeah. who knew when that moment was, yes. <laughs> He then posted some other stuff on Twitter, walking back his comments. Also just worth noting, Gardner, who was in the courtroom for the closing arguments, refused to make a comment, a statement. Mm -hmm. But now for the mother load of bad takes. Again, from the Sun-Times, former Ald Howard Brookins, 21st, said the conviction on racketeering and extortion charges will forever be the comma after Burke's name. It will sadly diminish an otherwise stellar career that reshaped the legislative landscape in Chicago. <clears throat> we haven't gotten to his quote yet, but they go on to say the trailblazing ban on indoor smoking mandatory carbon monoxide detectors and defibrillators and a ban on phosphates are just a few of Burke's greatest hits. Yeah, I think I maybe read this or similar uh, editorial in the Sun-Times because I read a few of them. It doesn't... The thing about, like, I'm trying to... A person who did something wrong, I'm trying to salvage the good things that they did... I get it, and I wonder when and in what platform that is appropriate. I also feel like, I I don't know. I feel like 
Fran Spellman, who wrote this, I feel like all he's remembered for is banning indoor smoking, which would have, let's tell the truth, happened inevitably. Yes, yes, that was on the, yeah, totally. Yeah. Carbon monoxide detectors and defibrillators, also probably inevitable. Mm-hmm. I don't even know about the ban on phosphates. Yeah, I don't know. But it's not like it's like he got us new roads. Right. So now we're going to get a quote from Brookins here. I don't believe that there will be too many people, if any, who actually served with Ed Burke, who will be doing a dance on his grave. He did a hell of a lot of good things and a hell of a lot of them behind the scenes. He supported a lot of people you'd think he would not support. And none of that will be spoken. It'll be another bad Chicago politician goes to jail. I suppose there's something in that because there that's a trope. But, yeah. And we have to parse this in, in this particular case. But what if, did Mayor Johnson say anything? May, I didn't include Mayor Johnson's, but we'll get to the. the, the OK, because he okay. just didn't say Burke's name. He just was like, corruption's not good. OK. But Brookings goes on to say. Ed has been just a straight up and honest broker. If he told you he was with you, he was with you. If he told you something was going to happen, it happened. You're hard pressed to find people like that nowadays who are in politics. If he mm. was with you, he, he, he was with you. I guess I get the value in what he's saying, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then he goes on to say, there's always hope that it won't happen and that he could be pardoned by the president. Either one of them, whoever the next president might be, I think they would commute a sentence. Absolutely. I don't think they would let him die in prison. Commutation would be an order. And if it's Burke's former law client, Donald Trump, he doesn't give a damn. He just pardon him. He is right. Trump doesn't give a damn. Mm -hmm. Burke did imply that he's a racist. Mm -hmm. when, he, when Burke was trying to win back his Latinx voters. But would 45 have, would he make the time to do that? Would no! Yeah, I don't think he, he would make the time. He doesn't care. He did it for Blago. But I think they made like a deal with the devil. I wouldn't be surprised. I, we won't get into Blago. That's a different story for a different time. Yes, <laughs> different. Could, he posted, just as a digression, he posted a tweet with Priscilla Presley talking about how blah 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 her movie i guess she has a movie yeah there's a movie there's a biopic about her specifically yeah and it ended with and i'm working on a book about the kbg like tactics to arrest me um, it went from priscilla presley her daughter died biopic kbg tactics oh oh that's so, some unwellness, unfortunately. Oh, Blago's tweets are, yeah, there's just unwellness. I checked, no tweets about Burke. Okay. But they expressed much more anger at Danny Solis. Oh, Sawyer said. Who did? The court or? The public? alderman. 
Oh, they're all dormant. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Quote, Danny is a snake and a snitch. This is what Sawyer said. He did something purely out of greed and self-interest to save his own behind. That's the part I don't like. All you were trying to do is save your ass. I don't respect that. Nobody should. Wow. We'll, we'll talk about that reaction in the end. That's intense. Yeah. But lest you think the city has lost its damned mind, I'm going to read to you now Lori Lightfoot's statement. With this jury's verdict, Ed Burke should rightfully be remembered as a man who elevated personal ambition and greed over doing the people's work. Along the way, Burke has had many, many enablers, the pernicious practice of aldermanic prerogative, which despite efforts to eliminate it, persist to this day, especially in zoning and development decisions. The other elected officials who, over the years, looked the other way as Burke systematically monetized the finance committee for his own personal benefit, and the party who gave Burke control over judicial nominations so that decades of jurists became beholden to him. But like many before who feasted on their gluttonous power, Burke was felled because this total lack of accountability made him foolishly think he was invincible. So he grossly overplayed his hand. He dug his own grave and jumped in. Only time will tell if the lessons of Ed Burke, ascent and spectacular fall, will lead to desperately needed reforms begun, but not nearly finished around transparency and accountability. But meanwhile, with this verdict rendered by a jury of his peers, the tyranny of Ed Burke is over. I like to think somewhere Harold is smiling. So what do you think of that? Taking her term or her politics or whatever aside, what do you think of that statement? I'm fascinated to hear it. First of all, it was far more measured than I was. She had that written up because mm -hmm. it came out, came up and it was far less off the cuff than she normally communicated. Mm -hmm. And I think it's spot on. Yeah. But she has as we'll get to later, she has zero fucks to give anymore. Yes, of course. But it does seem very intuitive. And I, I know she ran up against the, the fucking council machine many times. Mm -hmm. She was in power, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of it, of course. But she does seem to have she does seem to have a rear view about it, which is pretty smart. Yeah. And it was like that. I, I didn't read that quote. I like that quote. Yeah, and it's consistent with, we talked about the documentary City So Real, mm -hmm. and it's consistent with what she was saying about Ed Burke and his son mm -hmm. as she was on the campaign trail. Mm -hmm. yes. One thing I'll give her, she's right. consistent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's also time to mention that I went on Twitter and people were just posting pictures of Harold Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm now, my alderman, who's the head of the ethics committee, posted like a seven tweet thread about the work that he's doing with the ethics committee. So he did not come out. There were other aldermen who did not come out in favor, but it was done on Twitter. So 
the Chicago Tribune checked in with the people of the 14th Ward. Now, these are just normal people, not elected officials. Not much to gain from defending Ed Burke at this point in time. A woman named Michelle Riba said, quote, I can't say it wouldn't matter if he committed a crime, but he was a good alderman and he got things done for the ward. She went on to say, someone would say, your block is on his list because we were election judges, but I don't know if that was true or not. As far as I was concerned, all the blocks in the area got got the snowplow. But I've heard people say things like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of the truth of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so then they went to a constituent Carol Z-W-I-A-Z-E-K. Carol, we'll just call her Carol. She's okay. not a fan. Quote, Ed Burke was not my friend. I remember my dad coming home from his job at the park district at 10 p.m. with an axe and chopping down a huge sign for some political person. Now, the sign was for a Burke-endorsed candidate and not Burke himself, but something happened that made this man so mad that he came home and chopped down a sign at 10 p.m. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> describing him as, quote, a political machine that if you played the game the way they needed you to, you got what you needed. I think the 14th Ward suffered greatly because of his lack of leadership. Regarding the guilty verdict. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. She proclaimed, quote, makes me feel like justice was served. When my dad said Burke wasn't a good man 50 years ago, he was on to something. And I wish he were alive today to tell me why he said that. Then they checked in with Archer Heights Civic Association president. So your neighborhood organization group. Thomas Balagia. Quote, 
he was a good guy to work with in terms of getting street paving and lights fixed and trash picked up. But when it came to some of the bigger projects in the community, I was upset that he didn't get more hands-on involved and work with the people as opposed to working against us. You know what project he was super hands-on and involved about? The Burger King. I remind remind you about the the theater that he leveled. Oh. Or the bar owner who's donated because she felt like she had to right. and still has an uneven sidewalk in front of her bar. Right. We're going to go on to Irma Landeros. And Irma, Irma said, quote, everything that has happened in this area, it was just benefiting him and his family and his pocket. So I'm just really happy that everything came to light. Alyssa, describe one more time where his geographically, his... Archer Heights, and it kept moving, but it used to be like the back of Yards area, Bridgeport, back that area. Yard. That's right. Yeah. Okay, continue. I'm just wondering if... I'm wondering if any of the pluses that he did, fixing the sidewalks, etc., if that is adding up in any people's mind to... Here's what I'm trying to say. I don't give a shit if there's corruption, but if I have my sidewalk fixed, I'm oh, good. We'll get there. Okay. That yeah, that that's actually what I'm building to. Okay. This is a, a direct quote from the Tribune. Seth Hammond, 40, said he enjoyed not thinking about his fr former alderman since he left office earlier this year. He remembered Burke as quote. A guy that couldn't get knocked out of office, no matter how skeezy he was. Mm -hmm. They go on to quote Seth. People were like, that's just how things work, he said. As long as you keep enough of your constituents happy, it seems like you can just keep getting elected over and over again. Having Burke as an alderman did make for interesting conversational fodder, Hammond said. Quote, it was a constant badge of honor to say, yeah, I'm in Burke's ward, he said. He was like one alderman that everybody knew outside of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I totally can see that. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here, I was talking to my mom about this today. If people outside of Chicago know your alderman. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's So my alderman's name is Matt Martin. I'm constantly forgetting it. And I'm on his mailing list, but it's two M first names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no one knows who Matt Martin is. Maybe not even out of the 47th. Unless they're super plugged in. Mm -hmm. Same. My representative is uh, Quigley. No one knows who Quigley is no. at the U.S. level. You know Why? They're actually doing work. Yeah, they're working. Quigley is for sure. Yeah, he was mine too. Yep. Yeah. He's working on how to save birds. He's got a bill so that birds don't die during migration, which will cost zero money. Mm -hmm. And you're like, rock on. That's a good legislative move, Quigley. But nobody knows who he is. Mm -hmm. But I unfortunately know that Lauren Bobert is no longer running in the third and moving to the fourth or vice versa. All right, this one is from Sharon Bot Melsona. Melsona. Quote, he gets things done. When asked about his corruption verdict, she responded, 
I just really don't care. I think all politicians have it in them to be shady. The Burger King has absolutely nothing to do with me. He did his job as an alderman. And she is the one, yes, she's the one, if I'm not mistaken, does not live in his ward anymore, but she would, he would send, and this is it, he would send a birthday and Christmas card, and she would see him at mass every Christmas. Oh, there you go. That'll do it. I Done. did, out of curiosity, because all I'm reading about is like paving sidewalks and shoveling and um snow plows so i went to chicago.gov to see if i misunderstood the job of an alderman because these people are using an alderman like 311 non-emergencies so this is the job of an alderman according to the city of chicago in addition to representing the interest of their ward residents, together, the 50 aldermen comprise the Chicago City Council, which serves as the legislative branch of government of the city of Chicago. The legislative powers of the, the city council are granted by the state legislator and by home rule provisions of the Illinois Constitution. Within specific limits, the city council has the general authority to exercise any power and perform any function pertaining to its government and affairs, including but not limited to the power to regulate for the protection of the public health, safety, morals, and welfare, to license, to tax, and to incur debt. But sure, let's focus on snow plows and street paving. I feel like my, I was definitely on a chat with my alderman mm -hmm. when I was in Andersonville, and I feel like it was all like, I feel like most of it, like what is happening to that building and what building, what business is moving in and will this business affect me? And it was all about that. And I, I think that's important. My alderman tweets out, this is what I did this week. And it, a lot of it is, well, the one thing about aldermen that is that they have initial approval of any development in their ward. Yes. So it doesn't make it to city council without them. Yeah, which is a thing, right? A weird thing. Uh, but it's not like dogs pooping on the sidewalk and, yeah. Right. It's not, and part of the thing is, and this is an old school thing, before we had 311 or even now, because I went on to look at the city of Chicago.gov, and you can actually just streamline your emails into your alderman. I think a much more impersonal relationship. Mm -hmm. But 311 is taken cuz I'm not going to call my alderman if my trash doesn't get picked up. No, please don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I I look at my alderman like I look at Mike Quigley. Mm -hmm. Or Dick Durbin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to see a chronic it, there's a chronic thing happening at the end of my block and this is what I'd like you to look at. Not like my sidewalk was icy after the ice storm because that's what happens after the ice storm. Right. So, right. Or even that, or if there's legislation amongst the, in front of the city hall. Yes. Yes. That affects me in my, my geography. Yeah. My geography or the overall city uh, 
the overall, one of the things that I haven't really gotten involved in, and I hate to even bring it up, is if I had an opinion, and I have opinions, but not any that I'm going to give to my alderman, about how they're handling the migrants in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or they they did one a thing called One Fair Wage. Or rent control. That's a yeah. Thing. yeah. Rent control. <laughs> if I had a strong opinion about Ray Lopez's stupid little library ordinance. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. So Larry Chiba, who is a deacon at Burke's church, held, I don't like seeing anybody get convicted of anything. Adding Burke was, quote, a guy who really did a lot for the community, who, quote, always tried to help everybody out. Else did a lot for the community in Chicago and always tried to help everybody out. Oprah. (laughs) You're going in a far more optimistic direction than I was going. (laughs) I did a podcast on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Mm -hmm. with Molly McAleer. And I'm like, any guesses where where this goes? And she's like, the guy who wrote Rudolph kills his wife or kills somebody? I'm like, and she has Lifetime movie podcast. I'm like, you watch way too many Lifetime movies. So when I'm going light, the person goes dark. When I'm going dark, the person goes light. Okay, got it. I'm, I was referring to the great civic leader our former president recently referenced, Al Capone. Mm, okay. Did you hear that Trump invoked the great Al Capone about two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yes. Bragging that he had more indictments than Al Capone? The guy said a lot of stuff lately that's disqualifying, but I just think as a Chicagoan, that's just disqualifying. And the fact that I worked at a certain theater that had the Al Capone tours right down our alley. Let's oh, work. that's right. I'm like, hello, we're having a marketing and development meeting. Right now. <laughs> Hi, can I take a picture? <laughs> I don't think they, I think that, I don't know. The, one of those tours, one of the, I think the gangster tour, is no longer with us. Thank Ja. Now there's just a crime tour. It's just a crime tour. There's an SBU tour. Oh my God. All right. So given all of this, I was shocked to find the warm embrace of comfort and sanity on Twitter. Now I'm just going to read some tweets here. At Reese the One posted, yep, Ed Burke was part of the Eddie duo who tried to block everything Harold tried to do. Both are convicted felons now. At mm-hmm. Bebo Pot posted, Ed Burke won't see your mean tweets about him being found guilty as fuck by a Chicago jury in under 24 hours of deliberations. But Raymond Lopez will, so make sure you bring your A game. And it was a, an image of when Ray Lopez suggested making May 15th at Burke Day, to which Culture Cancellor retweeted, maybe this is the real Ed Burke Day. Mayhaps. 
<laughs> there was a lot of that. And then so at Quinn Myers tweeted a Block Club Chicago article from Burke's last city council meeting, which said, Chicago is and will always be the most American of American cities. May God bless America and may God bless Chicago, Burke said. The council then gave Burke a standing ovation. To which Alderman Laspada replied, oh, that's why I left that meeting early. At John Scott, 1983, I feel like Ed Burke should eventually be put on display at the Field Museum as a relic of a bygone era in Chicago politics. And the choice of the Field Museum is... <laughs> <That's> delicious. <laughs> at Eric Tendian... That Burger King has got to be cursed. <laughs> oh, this is from the editor of the Chicago Tribune, John Byrne. Don't know if it's any relation. With the conviction, Burke has now joined the ignoble ranks of at least 38 other Chicago aldermen to be convicted of crimes since 1972. Three aldermen died while awaiting trial while charges are pending against two others. Only one, Ray Frias, was acquitted. Those are some stats. Yeah, those are some serious stats, and I feel unsurprising. As someone later tweeted, we're 11 away from a full city council. So, Eric Zorn. I do. Oh, my gosh, yes. He tweeted, he just tweeted out, Lori's statement adding, I think somewhere Harold is smiling. He quoted that. And then hashtag owned, hashtagged Mary Berkmas. Luigi D. Napola. And oh, okay. So he's quote tweeting John. I got to he's quote tweeting John. He's quote tweeting John Seidel. Sorry, John. I'll delete that. And the tweet is, jurors also found that he committed racketeering acts involving the Binney's Beverage Depot and the Field Museum. Yeah. And that was one of the first things they found him guilty on. That's when you're like, oh, when they get to the post office, to which Luigi Dean Napla tweeted, this is the most Chicago sentence to ever Chicago. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Binney's. The field museum and the post office. <laughs> the hidden issue with Corcoran's is going to be. <laughs> to be fair about the post office, when it was completed, it was the largest post office in the world. Mm-hmm. It's the largest adaptive reuse project in the history of the United States of America. For Burke as a client to make sure they don't pay Chicago ta- their taxes mm-hmm. would have been a huge get for him. Yeah. But the Binnies in the Field Museum, I think the fads were just like, yeah, screw you, Ed Burke. This is from Bear Stradamus underscore one on Twitter. And he's replying to the Sun-Times. A win for all of the nobody, nobody sent people that don't have any connections, sponsors, or juice to make big salaries or get things connected people get from corrupt politicians. 
at Potatoes O'Grady. If a Dorliac jail, Burke jail, Mel living out final days, seeing his little fiefdom turn into a stronghold of electoral socialism. There was there a financial there always is right there's a financial aspect to this sentence too right well, this isn't going to happen until june Sentencing 19th okay all right so yeah. there will be a financial <laughs> aspect as well okay so at rob it's richard robbins he said now i'm hungry for some faux gras I remember that reference. We we talked about that. You can just imagine Chicago Twitter was just on fire. You may have noticed that most of the dancing on the grave took place on Elon's hellscape. I have a theory. Okay. At the time of the FBI search, he had 12 million in campaign coffers between three political funds. The first one is Friends of Edward M. Burr. The second is the Burnham Committee. And the third was the 14th Ward Regular Democratic Organization. Okay. By 2020, it was reported he was spending $109,000 a month in legal bills. Hmm. which is coming out of his campaign funds in but that and by in 2020 he had taken about eight hundred thousand dollars out of his campaign funds for legal bills but as of september 2022 according to quarterly campaign finance reports he still had 10.75 million dollars between the three funds According to NBC Chicago, his defense cost over $3 million. Or as someone pointed out on Twitter, he paid $3 million for one not guilty verdict. Mm. To keep it simple, I won't get into it. There's some sketchy payments going to part-time Pete as a consultant. Remember, part-time Pete, the lunch pail guy. But I'll include the article in the show notes. Got it. Now, you might notice that I've only made one musical theater reference, which is unusual for me. Yes, wrap wrap it up and bring it home with the next one. I know you're going to. (laughs) No, this trial is one of many Greek tragedies playing out in this country. And to be clear, for anyone who's not a theater kid, Tragedy in this sense isn't sadness, but a play about the downfall of an important person. Greek tragedy is the following elements, plot, character, diction, thought, spectacle, and song. Check, we have that. And two important components are hubris and a chorus. Check, we have that. Yeah. But now our chorus is in the form of tweets and newspaper articles. And I think one of the reasons I find this trial more gripping than what is happening on the national scale is that it serves a microcosm of all of that. So you have a politician who acted like a mob boss 
whose defense is in part the other guy is a snitch who acted to protect himself and self-promotion is not a crime. I talked about it earlier. I said it is telling to me, again, going to the water that all of these people swim in, that they thought that people would look at Danny Solis and think he saved his own ass. I'm going to punish the other guy. Any normal human being will save their own ass. Do you disagree? Nope. Yeah. I don't think that was a powerful defense. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Vilifying Danny Solis is not a great defense. It's a defense if you're like in a militia where they think everyone's a fed. Right. The degrees of it. The degrees of it. Yeah. But the normal person doesn't look at that and yeah it happens all the time if you watch law and order you know how this shit goes down mm-hmm. that defense is weaker than the people blaming taylor swift for the kansas chiefs losing football games <laughs> have you seen that topical yes yeah i was just like wow it really is that's how logical it was though also You have elected officials and constituents justifying abject corruption because it benefited them. And there's a, like, it's integrity. And let's say you're operating at like 100% of a level of integrity. And then it is, you start to just make little concessions. And the next thing you know, you're at 70%. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's just this. And and I look at integrity as like a fabric. And you just keep eroding the fabric, which is why this shit drives me nuts. It's mm-hmm. why Tom Tunney's statement drives me nuts. It's why he wasn't a bad guy if you were on his right side. I tweeted out, if your alderman said he mentored more people than he bullied, start looking for a new candidate. And I think on an abstract level, everyone wants justice unless it's their guy or gal. I would be curious to see the Venn diagram of people who think that what Ed Burke did wasn't a big deal, but are upset about Hunter Biden's influence peddling. Here's what I got to tell you. Starting next week, the Epstein Associates are going to be made public. And we're going to see the same people worrying about men in women's bathrooms saying he was only on that plane three times and it was to network or she was close enough to legal. By the way, I'm not randomly drawing those excuses. Those are actually things that other people have already said on the Internet in the past about the Epstein stuff. Mm -hmm. And listeners. This is what I was trying to point out at the end of the Everly Sisters episode. I thought of a really good way to articulate it, but I forgot. But then there's also the follow the money. So much another politician we know. We have a large campaign slush fund paying legal fees that could be contributed to I don't know, perhaps Ray Lopez's 
congressional run, among other things. That is why they were not dancing on his grave. Because they just don't know if there's still some money. There, there. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. He's going to save it all for himself. If there's financial restitution that needs to be done. I don't know that there would be financial restitution because the tuna never landed. Here's the funniest part. He didn't like, he never made any money. He really didn't because he was so inept at it. He just got his salary. Huh? Mm-hmm. But he leveraged his power to get, and I'm sure there were other times that he made money. Most importantly, this is why everyone, if you don't live in Chicago and you're listening to this, follow local politics. But Chicagoans, you don't need to know all 50 alders. In fact, that might be a little weird. But pay attention to yours. The city of Chicago.gov. You can go, you can find where you live, you can find your alder. They have websites, they do newsletters, follow your alderman and pay attention to local media. Here's the thing about Chicago is we're blessed to still have local journalists covering city hall and local corruption trials and doing investigative journalism. We are lucky to have that. So yeah, after that little impassioned rant, what are your thoughts? Yes, we still have. I, I we, right. We have, and a, a whole panoply of new places to get information. We have Block Club. We have Axios. We have. Sometimes we still have NPR. So it's it's w- all there. WTW yeah. The Verge. There's some podcasts. There's oh, hold on. I'll look at it because I subscribed to it. I just discovered it. It's a great podcast for making what's happening with the new city cast Chicago is a podcast where he just sits down with journalists. Explain to me what's happening with the budget. And it's really digestible to understand what's happening in city politics. It'll take you two episodes of any of these things. And then you'll be like fascinated because it is freaking fascinating. Oh yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. So we are, we're on a pause until June for this trial. Yes. Until June. I was like, we've got something come up beginning of February, I think. (laughs) Um, But yes, we're on a pause until June. There's going to probably be motions for appeal. There'll be something surprising. I'm not going to, unless something major happens, we're not going to talk about it because yeah, it's just legal. I enjoy legal stuff, but I don't. If if someone to this point is that interested in Ed Burke, they'll just follow it on their own. Note about the show notes. There's a Chicago Sun Times have compiled all of the articles in one link. Does that make sense? Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So. So that's the link, everything from beginning to end on USA versus Edward M. Burke is right there. 
Yeah, because you don't want to read the same article 10 times in a row, which I was doing yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. So th they cover it from start to end. They get into the nuance. It's well written. It's enjoyable. It's just it was a lot. You know, and there was also just a lot of stuff about tax incremental financing. Anything you want to promote? Glamorous. Hey, happy and safe and warm New Year, everybody. That's it. All right. Thank you for, first of all, John, thank you for being here. And listeners, thank oh, you. Hit the subscribe and download button faster than the jury returned a verdict. Burke your friends into listening and leave a five-star review. Follow me on social at omalortpod across all platforms or email me at omalortpod at gmail.com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.